Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Pearly Brewer and I will be your host. New Brunswickers are the heart and soul of safety in our province. Individuals and organizations lead the way to safe and healthy workplaces. They help develop a culture where everyone participates, encourages, and supports one another in health and safety. To recognize these outstanding New Brunswick leaders, WorkSafe NB presents Safety Star Awards annually at their health and safety conference. Recipients are honored for their initiative, hard work, and profound effect on health and safety, among other health and safety champions. This year, WorkSafe NB honored two such organizations, the Fredericton Playhouse and Cloud Canada. We are honored to have with us for today's podcast, Tim Yerksa, representing the Fredericton Playhouse. Welcome, Tim. Hey, thanks for having me. First of all, I'd like to congratulate you on your awards, well-deserved. At the recent health and safety conference, they shared a video on your health and safety initiatives at the Playhouse. For folks who are unable to see that video, let's talk about what you have been able to achieve at the Playhouse when it comes to health and safety. You started on the video talking about how you had to up your game, I guess you could say, during COVID. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so, I mean, there are two different aspects to that, but I I think what I was referring to was the fact that uh, our business was one of the hardest hit, you know, during COVID. So, we're, our core business is bringing people together in a shared space, shoulder to shoulder, you know, uh, to have a live performance experiences. So we run a live performance venue. And obviously we, you know, we were really hard hit by the, the mandates around, uh, around gatherings and that kind of thing. So, so we couldn't do what we normally do. Like we were coming to work, uh, every day or logging in from home. And we were literally not allowed to do what we do as our core business. And so we had to think about um, about what are the things that we could do. And so what we decided uh, is that we would take that time to really work on our organization in all kinds of ways. And one of the areas that we decided to really focus on was our health and safety program. And so we spent a lot of time uh you know, just going through the whole organization from end to end and saying, you know, how does health and safety uh, relate to, to to this business unit or that business unit? What are we doing well? What are we not doing well? What are the improvements we could make? And we ended up, you know, developing, basically developing a whole new health and safety program for the organization. And had it not been for COVID telling us we couldn't run our business the way we always ran our business, we wouldn't have had that opportunity to stop and think about that and take, you know, take the time to really dig in on health and safety. So, so in, in that way, you know, that's one of the positive outcomes for us that COVID had was it, it really, it forced us to look inward, which I think is a big part of health and safety is just taking the time to, um, to look inward and say, what are the things that we can do better? Tell us more about that introspection. What did you discover when you looked internally? Well, one of the things that we had learned is that we were an organization that had grown dramatically over the past several years and that our health and safety uh, program and, you know, the committees that we had set up and the processes that we had uh, set up and the policies and the procedures hadn't really caught up to our growth. So our health and safety game was really um, based on an earlier version of our own organization and we grew and we were being busy and uh and our health and safety program didn't grow with us so 
So that was the, the that was the the big sort of aha moment that we came to. Um and then also just realizing that uh you know, even though we're not in the construction industry or manufacturing industry, you know, we run an organization and an operation here that has a, a lot of complexities and a lot of different people doing different kinds of jobs and some of them you know, some of them can be fairly dangerous, quite frankly, you know, working on a stage and working with uh, moving equipment over people's heads and that kind of thing. Um, uh, you know, we knew we had to pay a little more attention to that. So, so it was a, it, it was an, it was an interesting moment. And it, and like I said, we had the opportunity to attack it. And so we did. For folks not familiar with the playhouse, uh, what would the size or what would the number of staff be? So we have 18 full-time staff, uh, but we also use a lot of casual labor as well, especially in the technical production side and in the sort of what we call the front of house uh, team. So people who work like bartenders and selling merchandise and tickets and that kind of thing. So the nature of our business, we use a lot of casual labor. And that provides an extra layer of, um, of uh, difficulty, I guess, when it comes to implementing health and safety programs, because you have people that are coming and going all the time. And so to bring them up to speed on, you know, health and safety policies, procedures, protocols, even just the culture of it, you know, it takes a little extra effort when the, when they're not full-time employees. But um, But we have people working in, as I said, technical production, Obviously, you know, administration uh, and management, uh, front of house, ticketing, um, yeah, all those different facets of the organization. Tell us about some of the changes you've made as a result of your uh, your introspection, I guess you could say, as far as uh, policies, procedures, training, that sort of thing. Yeah, so we... Um, one of the one of the first things we did is we well we just assigned it as being a priority a year long priority to actually develop a brand new health and safety program for our organization and that took some time it took a lot of uh, effort on the part of the staff but we also had to invest in having some consultants come in and help us out with that as well um so you know that was a a big chunk of it was a lot of documentation and a lot of um lot of decision making really about about how we were going to run certain aspects of the program and one of the things that was difficult for us is there aren't many organizations in New Brunswick who do what we do so we don't have a we don't have a provincial association for example that's developing health and safety guidelines for our industry in New Brunswick and at the same time because there aren't many you know uh, professional theaters like ours in the province um, the, the provincial guidelines and the, the work safe guidelines and so on don't have a category for us. Mm-hmm. So they, there's no category for performing arts centers uh, in New Brunswick like there would be in, say, construction. Um, and so we had to we had to do a lot of work just internally, just going back to the basic principles of health and safety and how would those things apply to us and develop our own things from scratch. But also we had to look outside to other jurisdictions where there are more theaters, for example, enough that, you know, the provincial guidelines and the statutes and so on would actually speak to our industry, you know, in larger provinces like like in Ontario. So um, so that was 
that was uh, a big part of the work is really trying to figure out what the the guidelines should be and what the best practices and the, what the policies should be because there was nothing written for us outside of our organization here in New Brunswick for us to just simply adopt and implement. What kind of reaction did you get from your staff? It was great. I mean, uh, I think everyone everyone uh, saw nothing but improvement. Um, another big thing that we did is we sort of reinvented our joint health and safety uh, committee. So, um, so you know, we went back and adopted all of the, the guidelines and, and practices coming from the provincial legislation to do that. And, uh, we really upped our, upped our game on our, on our committee work. And, uh, really what we wanted to do and which we did was instill a culture in the organization where everyone had a voice, everyone could participate. Um, everyone felt that they had access to management and to the committee and to their own supervisors to discuss concerns around uh, health and safety and I think we we achieved that because we were writing everything from scratch and we had to talk to everyone in order to develop those uh, policies so everyone had a voice in figuring out what the what the procedures and what the program would look like on a typical month when you have your joint health and safety committee meeting what kinds of issues uh, would the playoffs identify that uh, need to be talked about need to be discussed yeah, I mean, well, when we were going through COVID, obviously, you know, that, you know, communicable disease uh, came up. Um, but, uh, you know, everything, uh, we have a lot of uh, people working at heights, for example. Um, we have a lot of uh, uh, fall arrest kind of uh, programs. Um, you know, do we have the right equipment in place? When was the last time that equipment was inspected? Uh, where are the training gaps? We spent a lot of time talking about training. Who's been trained on what? Uh, where are the gaps? Uh, what do we have to invest in in order to bring those people up to speed? And like I said, with the, the constant churn of having casual staff, casual uh, team members coming in, you know, that's an, that's an ongoing thing. And, um, and so I think that's what gets talked about a lot is, uh, you know, reviewing the procedures. Has something changed in our operation that we need to look at how a procedure should change or a code of practice? Um, do we have the right, you know, uh, assets, equipment and so on? And do we have the right training in place? It, it really, it really revolves around those three kind of pillars. What all do you provide your staff when it comes to training? especially safe well, contract workers. Yeah, so for uh, for casual staff, you know, they get an orientation, but, it, you know, everyone gets the training depending on the area that they're working in. So someone who comes to work in an office every day has a very different kind of safety orientation from someone who is doing rigging up in a, the fly system over the stage kind of thing. So um, it depends on, on what they're doing. Um, and basically when, when an employee... Uh, uh, is is moving into a, a new area or taking on some new responsibilities we make sure that they understand the codes of practice and the and the training for that particular area of work that they're they're working in whether they're you know maybe they've worked for us for a while in um uh in one area of production and then they're moving into another say from lighting into rigging or from you know sound into into lighting and so um, so the different training is, is there's different training there. It's quite modular, I guess, is the way the way that we attack it. Yeah. If someone were to come into your organization and uh, and sort of walk around, what difference might they see 
now compared to before you started this whole process? But one of the differences is that when they come in the stage door, the first thing they're going to see is the information board, uh, you know, on, on health and safety. Um, it, we always had that information board, but now you'll, they'll see it's very comprehensive. They'll see, you know, uh, all the information that they that they need in order to do their, their work. Um, all of our uh, information, it's very transparent. So every employee has access to all of the all of the manuals and all of the program guidelines and and how everything should work they have access to it online uh all the time um so nothing is uh nothing sort of buried away in a binder everything is sort of out uh out all the time for people to see and it's in people's faces quite frankly all the time you know uh reminders you know did you check this did you check that do you have this right training before you do this so, um, so I think that's the big difference that people would see is that they would see, you know, the signage and the documentation and the access to the information around them all the time, uh, more so now than they did, say, three years ago. Now, in addition to your employees, contract, full-time, and so on, what about the guests to the Playhouse? Uh, did you make any changes relative to, your, uh, to the folks that come to all your different productions? Uh, well, we have two types of guests, right? So we have audience members. Um, you know, they wouldn't see too much of a change, uh, obviously through the COVID era with, there was lots there with, you know, masks and vaccinations and all that kind of stuff. Um, but otherwise, you know, they're, they're not seeing anything too dramatically different. Um, the other, you know, group of guests are the artists who are coming in and working on our stage. And so, I would say that they're getting a safety briefing now uh, that is a little different than the safety briefing that they got three years ago. Um, so they're getting a safety brief- briefing as soon as they, they come in, uh, getting documentation sent to them ahead of time so that they know, you know, what our safety program is. Um, and a lot of them work uh, professionally in what would be considered a really unsafe situation. So, for example... You know, last week we had a circus company in. You know, we were talking acrobats who were, you know, standing on one another's shoulders and heads three high. You know, no safety inspector would look at that and say that's a safe situation, but they're acrobats. That's what they do. So we walk a weird line sometimes between, you know, what what is workplace safety and 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 what is an artistic expression. And so it can be interesting at times when you have a dance company in or a circus company in and they're doing things that would otherwise, you know, in just broadly in the world of health and safety would be considered unsafe, but that's, you know, what they train to do and they have their own safety protocols and so on that that they use. And we need to learn about those and understand how they work in order for us to do it. So, um, so, yeah, I think uh, people are getting a, a different level of information from us and the interaction between us and the and the, those user groups is quite different. And, you know, we have a great uh, story. Actually, just a couple of weeks ago, we had to do a uh, an evacuation. A fire alarm went off. It was a it was a faulty sensor that caused the fire alarm to go off. And we had a full house. We had 700 people in the auditorium. And uh, we have our volunteers who were who are our ushers who participate in an evacuation procedure, our own staff, the artists who have been briefed. Um, but we evacuated in uh, about two and a half minutes. We had the the, the place evacuated, and uh, it was the first time since I've been here that we've had to 
to do a real evacuation with a full house. We've had to do evacuations, you know, with without an audience in, but that was the first time we did it with an audience. And I can tell you the audience was very impressed by the way our team handled it. Well done. Very good. You've obviously put a lot of effort into uh, renewing, regenerating your health and safety. Um, do you feel it's been worth it? Oh, yeah, it's definitely been worth it. I mean, I, I won't lie to you. I mean, it's an extra amount of work ongoing, you know, that we didn't have before. Because what's interesting is COVID shut us down. We had all this time to invest in health and safety, and we created all these programs. Now we're back to being as busy as we were before COVID, even more, so, even more, even busier than we were, you know, just before COVID. And uh, and now it's like, oh, and we also have to add in all these other elements that we develop for ourselves, all these training programs and all, you know, the extra meetings and the extra uh, the extra kind of equipment and all the things that we need. And so now we're now, you know, we have to make room for that. Was it worth it to go back to your question? Was it worth it? Absolutely. But it's, you know, what we're finding now, it's it's a it's a struggle to, you know, it's a struggle to add all the capacity to the organization. Now we need more people, more time in order to do it. It's the right thing to do. I'm glad we did it. I think everyone's glad that we're doing that, but, um, but we're still in an adjustment period as we come back to being busy again after COVID. And now we're have to abide by all of our own, you know, programs that we put in place uh, when we weren't busy. So it's an interesting time right now as we navigate that. Well, look, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, certainly very interesting. Uh, you know, you bring out some uh, some great points. Uh, you're in a business that's very different. Uh, you know, when you look at the other uh, award winner, it was a, uh, a company that's in manufacturing. Uh, typically, people think of health and safety and construction. Uh, Theater is probably not one that pops to, uh, into everybody's mind. So uh, certainly congratulations on your part. We'd like to thank you very much for joining our podcast today and uh, certainly encourage folks to uh, – to show up to the Playhouse, uh, you certainly have a lot of great events coming up. Uh, anyone in particular you'd like to mention? Oh, there's too many to mention one, but the people, if they want to pay attention to what we have going on, they should just uh, visit our website, theplayhouse.ca. And, uh, yeah, we're a busy spot. We do about 120 shows a year, so there's a lot to choose from here, no matter what your taste is, whether you like music or, or comedy or uh, plays or dance or, you know, Whatever it is to your taste, uh, we've probably got something for you. Well, look, thank you very much, Tim, for joining us. Great. Thanks for having me. I'd like to thank Tim for joining us on today's podcast. As is always the case, we appreciate your feedback on this podcast, as well as any ideas for future podcast guests. You can always reach us at perlick at ssnb.ca. Stay safe. See you in a week's time.